Welcome to Harvest Birth Stories. My name is Sophie Grace and I will be your host for this podcast. We want to share empowering birth stories all across the United States and beyond and encourage mothers all around the world to um, feel proud and feel empowered by any story that they may have um, experienced. So, I will get into the podcast. Thank you. Hello. (laughs) I hate starting. (laughs) I don't know how to start a podcast yet. Well, you have your little intro thing, don't you? Yeah, I have that. But we today have Ashley on the podcast. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. <laughs> I mean, me for being here. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm at her house. Um, so say hi. Hi, I'm Ashley. <laughs> okay, I want you to tell me a little bit about you and like your family and who you have at home before we start the whole shebang. So I'm Ashley Berry. Um, I live with Zach Berry. <laughs> we live out in the country and we just had our daughter in March. So she is seven and a half months now. Her name is Lakin, Lakin Elaine Berry. And yeah, I don't know what else you want to know. <laughs> That's it. That's good. Um, so I want to go kind of like back um to when you and Zach started first like thinking about having kids and like kind of how your conception and fertility played out. So you can start with that if you want to. Yeah. So that's actually pretty interesting. Um, I have always loved kids. So I was kind of like ready, but we obviously had things we wanted to like knock off our list before we had kids. So we bought our house and it had an unfinished basement. So we wanted to finish the basement. We're obviously out in the country. So we wanted to get proper snow removal. We were we literally had a walk behind snow snow remover blower thing right away. So that was not going to cut it for our minimum maintenance driveway that's a mile long. Um, so we wanted to get a tractor and just different things like that before we thought about kids. Just so we were a little more established. And once we had all that, we wanted to start trying and. I just did not have a period. So (laughs) it was very hard to like track when to even try. So we were just kind of like letting things happen, just see what happened. And I think it was November of 2021 that we, no, that would not have been it. 2020, (laughs) November of 2020 that we um, started started trying. trying. Yeah. And then I just completely did not get my period um, in starting in April. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I think maybe we're pregnant. Well, I took pregnancy tests and then I waited and every one of them just kept coming back negative. So I was like, okay, I think we need to like just go see somebody about it and just see like, mm-hmm. why am I not getting a period? Um, I had quit my birth control like almost a year before that. So I should have started to kind of be regular by that time. And I did go in to meet with um, the fertility team at Essentia. And it wasn't really because I was worried about like being infertile or anything. It was more so just like something isn't right with my hormone balance Mm -hmm. or my body. 
like why do I not just not get a period and I wasn't like super regular before that but I had been getting cycles every like 35 to 40 days so definitely longer cycles but when I went in she kind of jumped to like wanting to do like an analysis on Zach and just looking at all the different check boxes that are your go-to infertility things and that really wasn't what I was there for so it kind of actually scared me a little bit and I was like whoa 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 let's just like <laughs> back this up a little bit and I wasn't like worried about Zach or anything I just wanted to fix the one problem that I knew I had which was like I'm not getting a cycle right like so, you just wanted it to be like your side to start off with yeah I'm like let's just look at the one issue that I came in here for that you know over- is wrong yeah not overwhelm me um and she I asked her like if I if there's a chance like I could still be ovulating and she said if you're not getting a period it's very unlikely that you're ovulating. Well, it turns out that she so she wanted me to come back in for just like um an ultrasound, what do they call it? A non non OB ultrasound just to like just look at like my a, reproductive organs and right. see like, like not like a uh a pregnancy one. Just yeah. Like one to scan your organs and right. stuff. Which yeah. they do anyway when you go in and get like your first ultrasound they look at your like yeah just to see how everything's looking and so she wanted me to come in and do that and I was like okay so I scheduled it and because I figured that's like pretty low-key like let's start there and when was Um, this what month this was in June I think it's so hard to remember back but it's either May or June I think I can remember it kind of because I think I told you I was pregnant in March Yes, you did. It was March 13th because we had a wedding that day. Yes, it was. (laughs) And then you had said you were going in in like April to your fertility because you had told me you were trying and then like you had told me you were like kind of upset with how they handled things. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. So it was, (laughs) I think it was June when I actually had that appointment. So um, I made that and then the day before I went into that appointment, I was working from home that day and I woke up that morning and I don't know why. <laughs> I just randomly was like, I need to take a pregnancy test. So I did. And there was the faintest second line. And I'm like, oh my God. Like I thought I did it wrong because I literally, like, I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but it's very hard to aim a woman's fear (laughs) um so for future reference ashley just paint a cup and then dip yes so we'll get to that we'll get to that so i like tried to just pee on it and it was like all over so i was like there's no way that this is right like i must have peed like somehow in the screen (laughs) and like made the line turn whatever so little i was just in disbelief so i was like oh my god i don't even have another one but then I found the, this ovulation kit that I had bought a long time ago, and I was waiting to use it till I was, like, actually on a cycle so I could kind of predict when I was ovulating. And there was a pregnancy test in there, so I, like, was go- I dribbled out just a little bit more in a cup this time and retested, and that one was also positive. So then I waited the entire day for Zach to come home from work so I could tell him the news. I didn't know how far along I was, but I assumed it was pretty early just being that it was very faint. And line. you had like no idea that you even yeah, ovulated. I, I had no idea. Yeah. And I hadn't had a period in like 80 some days. So yeah. I was like, not sure how any it's of that was so going to work. Weird. It totally happened by chance. And when it was supposed to, 
Um, but yeah, so then when Zach came home, I told him and we were both really excited. And I think it was, I canceled my appointment. That was the next day. Cause I was like, I don't need to look at that. Even though now <laughs> looking back, I'm like, I should have probably kept that. Well, you just had a little picture. Yeah. I would have had like a picture right away because then I had to wait like nine weeks until I actually got in there for an ultrasound or eight weeks. Um, but yeah, so I actually went to my like primary and did a test just like to confirm a blood test there. Well, so that's the dumb part. (laughs) (laughs) I went to my primary and they just did a regular like pee in the cup test. And I'm like, I did that. So (laughs) then they sent that over to like the main hospital at Accenture because I just go to like a clinic. And um, they called me and the nurse that was talking to me was like, congratulations, you're like 10 weeks pregnant. Because she asked me, she knew when my last period was because I'd just been there about like my Mm -hmm. fertility stuff or whatever. And so they were thinking my last period was in April. So they were thinking I was already 10 weeks along. And I'm like, that's not possible. Like I knew it wasn't. So I was like, I've been testing for like months and they've been negative up until this point. So there is no way that I'm that far along. Right. So she was like, oh, I kind of explained the situation to her. And she was like, oh, oh yeah, you're going to have to come back in and get a blood test. And then they could see. (laughs) Yeah. So then they, they could see like actually kind of a better guess of where how far along I was and at that time I think it was like six weeks or so yeah they can tell by like the hcg level hcg yeah Yeah. I forget all these terms now that I'm like living it back I'm like oh yeah that's that's how that all well if you listen to birth podcasts like daily like I do you you yeah well and see when I was pregnant (laughs) that I did do a lot a lot a lot of podcasts but then after I had Lakin it was just like okay, now how do I take care of a human? I don't right. care about the pregnancy thing. I did that. I'm done with that. Now, how do I keep this little thing alive? <laughs> okay, so you found out you're pregnant. And then tell me how your how that went. Like how you... My uh, pregnancy was not bad. Um, my first trimester, I did have... It wasn't necessarily nausea, but I had a lot of drainage in the back of my oh, throat yeah. <laughs> that like I was constantly like gagging for no reason. It would just come out of nowhere. So I ended up like having to tell my coworkers and stuff around the nine week mark because I just like was like randomly gagging all the time, like <laughs> trying to hide that. And I was also like just really, really tired, but I never, yeah. there was only maybe like a couple days in my first trimester where I was like, I'm like sick. I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. So I was really lucky there. Second trimester was really good. Um, and then the third trimester just got hard just because it was winter when I was pregnant. So I felt like I really struggled to like stay active. And that was one thing I really wanted to do in my pregnancy was mm-hmm. like walk a lot and just be as active as I could be so I could still feel good and keep my strength up and stuff. So that was probably my only complaint is the winter. So I was stuck inside doing <laughs> Yeah, we live and... in the Midwest where it gets like negative 30. Yes. And this was a very <laughs> long winter as well. So I was due in March, but it was not getting nice until like May. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so your pregnancy went pretty normal. Good. Did you do anything to like prepare for birth? Like, did you take any classes or do anything like physically wise to prepare yes. yourself? So I did some prenatal yoga we hired a doula. So she did a couple classes with us. She like did the rebozo, Mm -hmm. showed us all that stuff. Um, And then I 
like you, listened to a ton of podcasts throughout my um, whole pregnancy. That was like what I listened to on my 45-minute drive to work and back every day. And when I was cooking supper, like I just nonchalantly had it playing when I was around my husband so like he could learn yeah. too. <laughs> it was like, yeah, this is interesting. And whatever he absorbed was great. Um, but yeah, so I did like a lot of the forward leaning inversions and squats and just those three exercises that, that they always tell you to do like the best things you can do. Um, <clears throat> so I did all those. And then um, with our doula, she did like show us some other exercises. And like, as I got further along, those became more pertinent. So we did the rebozo and like the side, the, like the mile circuit exercises, right, yeah. basically. And then I obviously, I went past my due date and was just like feeling very, very pregnant. So I was like, <laughs> what can I do to get this thing going on its own? Because I was really like, I really did want to have um, a natural birth. And I actually contemplated a home birth, which <laughs> everyone thought I was crazy. And now I look back and I'm like, yes, I was crazy. <laughs> Not because home births are bad, but I know now that it would have been the wrong choice for me. So I think everything just kind of happened the way right. it should have. Yeah. We did consult with a home birth um, midwife <clears throat> and she was great, but there isn't a lot in our area. Mm -mm. So I didn't really click with her enough to where I was like, yes, I want you to deliver my baby in my house kind of thing. So, and like another thing to note, like I said, is we live in a very cold environment. So As you go grab a blanket. Yeah, yes. I'm grabbing a blanket. <laughs> um, and like, I feel like home birth, it's such a, like, I would love to do it, but like, you never know if it's going to storm. That's the thing that scares me the most. Like, it doesn't even scare yeah. me the most to like have a kid at home. It scares me like, what if there's an emergency and you can't and get out? It's or, yeah. storming. So, which I mean, if you have a baby in the summertime here, it wouldn't be an issue, but. Right. Yeah, and that was, that's what made me I did nervous. make a list um, when I did do that cunt consult with that home birth midwife I had to make a list of just like some of the concerns I had just so she could kind of gauge like am I a good candidate for this or not right. and I was pretty well educated so she thought it was good the only concerns that we both had was like it is March I could go in February right. like what if she's not able to get to me because we do live on like a minimum maintenance yeah. road like <laughs> it is not just like out in the country like a few miles from town it is down miles of gravel and a very not maintained winter road. Yeah. So we, we maintain our own my road. Dad and the <clears throat> yeah, we would have been like calling our neighbors, like, can you clear a path? This baby's coming. Which now that you know how long <laughs> it took, you'd have some time. This is true. This is true. <laughs> but you never know these things. Like, and you yeah. really don't, you don't know how your body's going to respond to anything until you like have your first baby, I feel like. Yeah. That is, and that's another concern I had was like, I've never done this before. So like, I don't know my strength. Like, right. am I able to do it? I kind of had that mental game of like, I don't know if I would be able to or wouldn't. And that that alone is kind of a red flag too because you have to go into it feeling Very like, confident. yeah, like I can do this. I have the support system. Everyone's on board. Like mm -hmm. the the whole environment has to be like, everything has to be kind of the way you envisioned it. And yep. I kind of still like, although I did envision the home birth a lot, in the back of my head, whenever I pictured like my me holding my baby the first time, I was in a hospital room. But I think a right. good middle ground for me would have been like a birthing center versus we a can talk hospital. about that after this. And yes, because I know there is one that's opening around here, and it might be. Yeah, I'm not gonna say we, we can talk about it after. But yeah, this. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, so you 
wanted to maybe do a home birth, you chose against it. So what team did you pick to have for your birth? Yeah, so I went with the midwife group at Essentia. Um, as I did my OB appointments, I kind of went through all of them just to kind of familiarize myself with all of them and like make sure I met everybody because every it's an on-call system. So I didn't know who I was gonna actually get when I went into labor. So I met them all. There was only one that I didn't love. And I will say that in a nice way because <laughs> I really didn't like her that much at all. But, um, and that's kind of ironic because she ended up being the one to deliver my daughter. <laughs> Out of all six of them, it was the one that I didn't care for. But, you know, you know, out of my control. And at that point, I was like, just, just get her out of me. Just get it out of me. <laughs> okay, so walk me through like the week of I'll say the week of your yes. birth because it was quite a journey getting to the end point yeah so uh it all started on a Sunday morning and how far along were you I was 40 and a half weeks well I was 41 and one when I delivered but when things started changing I was like 40 and a half and it started with like I lost my mucus plug, which I thought I lost the entire thing because it was like a lot more than I anticipated mm -hmm. it being. And that was just one day randomly when I went to the bathroom. Um, and then I did get diarrhea. So <laughs> that was an indicator. And I knew that because other people had said they they'd went through that, too. It's like your body's kind of like emptying, preparing for birth. And on the Sunday before I had my daughter, so it would have been like the 6th or something of March, um, I woke up, we were getting ready to go to church, and I just felt so crampy. Like something was definitely different. That was the same day I lost um, a big chunk of my mucus plug. <laughs> so <laughs> you might be able to hear upstairs, yeah. upstairs talking right now. <laughs> and um, yeah, so then... I actually had my husband had to go to church without me because I just was like, I'm just going to stay and like do some things like squats and just they say now looking back, I'm like, I wish I just went and ignored it because it obviously yeah. fizzled out. But it was kind of funny that same day Zach was putting um, a bale in for the horses and I look out the window and the horses are running down the road like they got out of the fence and I'm like, oh, my gosh, and you're just it's like winter. Huge. I am giant. My coat doesn't even zip up like. <laughs> I can hardly get my own boots on and I look and I look at the horses running down the road and Zach's like driving the tractor after them and I'm like you know this is not going to work. Let's just let's just uh preface this by saying uh, Soren. Ashley. <laughs> Ashley is the animal horse person in yes. the family not Zach. It is me. Zach was married into it. Yes he did really good though he helped me all winter oh, yeah. long so yeah, it was a great husband. he's a trooper but yeah I figured I kind of had to go help him. So here I am like thinking I might be in labor and I'm waddling out in the <laughs> snow, like chasing after my horses. But yeah, we got them rounded up and then it did kind of fizzle out. So it didn't end up being anything um, throughout the next couple days. I still had like the crampiness and I lost more <sighs> of my mucus plug. So I was like really thinking I've got to be close. And then on, it was about, I think it was Tuesday, March 8th, I started to feel like the low back pain and some contractions there. So I was like, okay, I think this is actually like going to turn into something because it was paired with the back pain. And mm -hmm. before that, it was just kind of in the front, like crampiness. So I went to bed on Tuesday and I was, I woke up at like 12.08. I remember looking at the <laughs> clock at 12.08 a.m. 
which would have been Wednesday then. And I had like this just burning sensation in my low back and um, abdomen area. And I was like, okay, that's got to be like a real contraction. I laid there for a minute thinking about it, went to the bathroom. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to try to go back to sleep because everything you read says just ignore it like as long as you can because right. <laughs> it could take a while. And that proved to be very true. But I laid there and I'd like almost fall back asleep and then another contraction would come. So eventually I ended up going like into my living room and I'm like, going to do some exercises. <laughs> I did the forward leaning inversion. I was doing squats. I was sitting on my exercise ball. Just everything I could do to try and like progress because I, that morning I was to have my 41 week appointment with my mm -hmm. midwife. So I was like, I want to be like as far along right. as I can be so that like I could just stay. And <clears throat> so I did start timing them. They were about five to six minutes apart. And I waited. I actually had some good self-control. I waited till seven o'clock when Zach had to wake up to tell him, like, I think we're going to have a baby today. And <laughs> I was like, my contractions are five to six minutes apart. Like, we were going to get ready and just go to our appointment. And I was, like, totally expecting to be, like, progressed a little bit. Mm -hmm. So uh, the car ride to the hospital actually wasn't super miserable. So I knew I wasn't, like, super active, into active. active labor, even though it was starting to get hard to, like, move through them. Um, and it kind of like seemed like my contractions slowed down a little bit just before we got there. So I was like, dang it. No. And <laughs> here, Lakin. Lakin's just making noise up there. Um, but yeah, at our appointment, I had a few contractions and it was, I was so excited because the midwife that I had my appointment with, she was on call until 8am the next day. And I'm like, yes, like she's going to be the one to deliver my baby. And she was my absolute favorite midwife of all of the group. Um, so she sent me after I told her like how the night went and she could see and feel like I was contracting, I was fully effaced, but I was only one centimeter dilated. And now I, even though I knew deep down, like that doesn't really indicate anything because right. people can go from a one to a six in like a matter of minutes. But I was kind of like, dang it. Like, I just thought I'd be further along because I thought with every, like, crampy contraction I had all night, like, it was just my body was opening more and more. Yeah. And all the exercises I was doing, and I was basically living in a squat. So I was like, how is this not more than a centimeter? But it wasn't. So I was like, okay. I just tried to not, like, think about that. And she did send me over to the birthing center just so they could monitor my contractions and see, like, how far apart they were. And they decided to admit me after monitoring my contractions for a while. So um, I was like, okay, they agree. It's the real deal. Like, I'm going to have this baby. Like, at 41 weeks, I was, like, thinking it has to be any day now. Like, I can't right. be pregnant forever. And I feel like, uh, like the, I don't know what day it was, that Sunday or Monday, you woke up sick too. Oh, yeah. So that's another element. I forgot about that. I, I remember that because I remember waking up to a snap from you and you just looked so sad and so defeated. Yeah, so I had COVID when I was 30 weeks pregnant. That was a little bit rough for like that week that I had that. And then I got a cold like right before I delivered. It was I like delivered. the day before. Yeah, and that was pretty bad. Like I thought they were going to make me like wear a mask and everything because you could still hear it in my voice like when I went to my appointment. Mm -hmm. Well, I did have to wear a mask, but once they like admit you and stuff, then I was. Right. But yeah. And then they are supposedly supposed to give you a, uh, a COVID test. And because I sounded like garbage, I thought for sure they would. But since I had COVID less than 
90 days before that, they didn't have to test me. You're like, yeah. So I was like, thank yeah, God. I had to get one when I was in labor. Yeah. But it was really fast. They just did like the around the around the rim of the nose. Yeah. Line. Yeah. Not the the brain. Stature. Yeah. <laughs> that one. That's the one I had originally. Ooh. And that was not fun. But, you know, so I kind of got out of that. But yeah, I did. I was like, this is already hard to breathe. It's not a great week. <laughs> no, it was really not. But, you know, when it rains, it pours. So whatever. <laughs> I was like, whatever I got to do to get this baby delivered out of me that's what i'll do i guess but anyway, it was like you're back in the hospital yes in the hospital um they were monitoring my contractions i like labored in the hospital for a few hours and then they came and checked me again and i was still only at a one mm. so i was expecting like a little bit of progress yeah, so, so I was, how did that make you feel oh uh, i was starting to get a little bit in my head about it but mm. i was like okay i need to just like not do that because as soon as you start going here yeah okay i just don't know if get it wet or not <laughs> no that's fine i keep wiping it off <laughs> if i i knew if i like started to get in my head it would just be like a downward downward spiral and i would not ever get out of that funk by myself yep so i still like i walked the halls i did different positions like labored as much as i could um or on my own and tried to like walk through it and just go about my business and then they checked me again at like 3 30 that afternoon and I had changed a little bit but not much like mm -hmm. and that it was at that point that my midwife was like you could consider like going home and laboring for a this. while yeah. and like where you're maybe more comfortable because I think her thought was like I just don't think you're comfortable here and your body's just like not opening yep and she knew that I had talked about a home birth. So I think in her head too, she was like, you might just be more comfortable at home until mm -hmm. you get to like, you know, a little bit further along and then come in. But being that I have a 45 minute drive, I was like, yeah. I don't want to go home. And I looked at Zach and neither of us really wanted to go home, but we talked it over <clears throat> and we were like, okay, let's, let's go home. But I was like, I'm taking advantage of this big flipping tub because I wanted to take a bath in that big tub yeah. and I didn't want to come back without time to do it. Mm -hmm. So I got in the tub and that was when like everything just got 10 times more intense. Mm -hmm. And I've heard both sides, like sometimes the water helps. Sometimes it mm -hmm. just like accelerates things like yeah. super fast. Did you listen to Shelby's podcast before this? I haven't yet. She said the same thing. She like hers was kind of slow and then she got in the tub and that's when it went from like zero to a hundred. Oh Yeah. I was like, I looked at Zach and I was like, I don't know. I looked probably so scared because I was like, okay, something just happened. Like, I was like, I can't do this at home. Like, oh my God. And he was just like looking at me. I think I was in the tub for like a half an hour and then I got out and I was so miserable. I was on my hands and knees on the bathroom floor and I was not doing <laughs> well. Naked, probably. Yes, I was. And obviously like they check you. So you're like there's discharge and there's blood and they're Everywhere. like yeah. yeah and i'm just like i don't even know care what's happening don't care i was just in it on my hands and knees mm -hmm. like letting it happen and i'm like oh god like <laughs> well they had already like done my discharge paperwork and then at that point zach was like worst day and like he didn't no. want to take me home like yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> so we decided we were staying and so that took some time for them to like get the paperwork all back to like readmit us and whatever um so anyways they readmitted us and then around like 8 30 that night i was still feeling like mentally defeated i was only at like a 
No, I was at like a two and a half. So I still didn't progress very much. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, we were going to wait to call our doula until I was at a four because that's usually when people call her. Mm -hmm. And that's what she had recommended. But I know like at that point it had been, I mean, it was 830 at night. I was like shaking um, just from like my hip pain. So that's when I was like, we need, I think we need to call Jenny. That's our doula's name. Mm -hmm. um, and so she came and she was a really good reset for my mental state of mind. Um, she just has a very calming presence about her and she came with like new ideas to try. And yep. like Zach and I had just been, we were just at a loss of like what to do next. Like we've been doing this all day and yeah. like no progression Basically hardly. for like days. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, there's no progression. So I was just kind of like, I don't know what to do at this point. Just like, I'm just going to lay here and not do anything. <laughs> so our doula coming was really helpful in that. Um, my hips were bothering me more and more as the time went on. Like I was shaking so much and Zach and my doula were trying to do like counter pressure and just help me through that. But my like shakes, I remember at one point I was like standing over, I tried to go to the bathroom because I felt like I had to pee like all the time. Mm. But that was like the worst position for me was being on the toilet. Like mm. I couldn't even let like relax and pee, which comes, it turns out to be kind of funny later and embarrassing, but I got to share it later <laughs> as we get further through this story. There's no secrets here. No, this is just, <laughs> I mean, you joined a birth podcast, so what do you expect, right? Right. <laughs> but... Yeah, so I remember at one point, though, I was, like, I went to the bathroom, and I couldn't go, so then I was just going to stand, like, leaning over on the sink, and my knees were just, like, bouncing. Like, mm. my eyeballs were bouncing. I'm, like, I'm shaking so hard I can't even see. And yeah, like I've seen that happen. I know Zach said, too, I wish he would have videotaped it, because, like, I felt like it was bad, but even for Zach to say it was bad, like, that says something. He was, like, yeah, you were, like, bouncing. Like, mm -hmm. he didn't even know, like, how a body could do that. You and should try next time sticking your tongue out have you seen that i have not uh, i don't exactly know why I, I maybe i'll learn about it when i do my actual training but apparently like something with your nervous system and like sticking your tongue out like helps the shakes interesting yeah uh -huh. i did not know that yeah so next time we're out just if i get that same shaky feeling i'll yeah. be like epidural now no <laughs> just kidding um yeah so i started to feel kind of like nauseous at that point and i used peppermint oil on my face and neck and tried to smell it to like prevent myself from throwing up because there was a couple times where they grabbed the little puke bag and put it by me because i was like gonna hurl but i never did and um I kept telling Zach, like, I need to relax. Like, my body is not going to open if I'm shaking vigorously. And I was like, I just need to relax. And no matter what I did, I just, like, couldn't. My body just kept shaking. And mm -hmm. I just felt like I had no control over it. And I didn't know what to do. My doula didn't really know what to do either. I kept apologizing to people. And yeah. she was like, you need to stop worrying about being sorry. Like, because I'd ask for something and be like, sorry. Or I, Zach would, like, touch me the wrong way. And I'd be like, stop. And I'm like... Or I'd be like, don't touch me. And like, I'd be like, sorry, I didn't mean to say that, but I did, but don't touch me. And so she was like, you just need to just don't worry about any of that. But around three in the morning, this was now March 10th. Mind you, this all started on March 8th. So yeah. March 10th, um, I told Zach, like, I think I might need the epidural. And that was like so hard for me to even say, because I was so set on an unmedicated birth. And... <clears throat> Then, but I was at like 27 hours yeah. of this shaking crap and I was like, 
I don't know what else to do. I'm dilated anymore. I was at a four, so I had dilated some, but like, oh, I was moving so slow. I mean, so so slow. It felt like it had been days too. It had been, and like in my head, I had no recollection of time, so it really didn't feel like that long. But to everyone else, it did. Like apparently, Zach took a nap, and I didn't even know he was gone. So like, time just like went really fast for me, but also like it was a long time to be like my body was just starting to just give up. So I, I was like, that's one thing with an epidural, like it can sometimes help your body just open because Mm -hmm. you're relaxing finally. So I did get the epidural. I felt a little bad about it and guilty about it, but like, you know, there's tons of, take me through your thought process on that. Just so everybody else can hear. Yeah. I know we have a lot of like the same views on things and like, yeah, not necessarily views, but just like wants and desires yeah on what we wanted to do so just there's nothing wrong with like getting an epidural and like i knew that deep down but there is just like something about me i'm more of a holistic person so i just really wanted to do it unmedicated and being that i went into my whole birth plan with Mm -hmm. like that being the goal i just felt like oh now i didn't do the one thing like i'm already like straying off of my birth plan like and I wrote a birth plan, but obviously, like, you know, there was yeah. variables. And yeah. it never is going to go, like, perfectly according to plan. I mean, if it does, go you. But it's yeah. probably not. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew that going into it. But for some reason, it was just, like, so hard for me to, like, let go of that. Mm-hmm. Like, let go of that control of, like, doing it the way I envisioned it all going. And then also just, like, feeling like I was strong enough to do it and, like, do it the way. Your stubbornness. Yeah, it was totally (laughs) stubbornness. And, like, I'm thinking of, like, God's design and, like, in the back of my head, I'm like, they didn't have epidurals back in the day. Like, I know. That's, like, what I said in mine, too. I was, like, in my mind, I was, like, why can't I do it? uh, Yeah. And nobody wins a trophy for doing it. And that's exactly right. (laughs) And at the end of the day, I was just worried about, like, if I don't. And I just sit here and shake forever. Like that's not, that's stress on my baby too. Mm-hmm. So I have to do like, this is the next step for me to like get this process going. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did the epidural. That process <clears throat> took about half an hour. There was one point where when she was placing it, she slipped and mm. hit a nerve. Mm. And like, I knew she was like, tell me left, 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 right, right, right. Like if you hear, if you feel the twinge on whatever side, cause it is hard to place. And so she needed that like direction. Well, I could feel the little twinges. And then all of a sudden it was like, ah, okay, that hurt. Like mm. I screamed and that spot hurt me for, it still hurts me to this day. Like mm, I, really? yeah. So she definitely did hit something there, <clears throat> but once she did get it placed, um, the shake started to go away and I started to just feel, I felt really like no pain. So the feeling of my legs falling asleep asleep and stuff was very strange, like nothing (laughs) like I expected, but I had pretty good range of motion. I know some people talk about like epidurals, like they just laid there and like they could not do anything. I could still like lift up my leg and move my feet and stuff. So I was able to still dense. Yeah. I didn't like being on like, stuck to the bed because I was attached to all the cords cords and stuff but I was able to still like get up on my hands and knees and um, labor in different positions so that helped and that was one thing I was worried about with the epidural is like if I can't like move around and stuff like will I be able to feel the urge to push like right all the different things that it can impact 
but this seemed to be like a pretty good epidural because it did allow me to like get some rest and to be able to still move and that's kind of what I wanted was to still be able to like labor how yeah. I wanted to did you have so I asked Shelby this too in the last one and she was at Sanford and you were at Essentia did you is your epidural <laughs> like the one where you can like push the button and get more or was it just like a straight shot it was just a straight just, shot that's what yeah. hers was too but I've so they of, couldn't like turn it up or down and i've heard of that before yeah too. i have too um <clears throat> so i was just curious I'm, i don't really know like the whole terminology i'd have to look that up i don't know it either yeah i'm not a doctor <laughs> right <laughs> um, um yeah so i still wasn't i was slowly progressing i was at a six the next time they checked me um, and that was like right at the shift change. So my midwife that I love so much <laughs> had to leave because she had been there for 24 hours. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, she's like, my shift is ending. So then the new midwife comes in and this happened to be the one that I didn't love when I first like met her. But so in my head, I was like, dang it. Why does it have to be her of like, all people? Going wrong. Yeah, I'm like, this is not how I planned it. Um, but I tried to like not think about it like that and give her a chance because I'm like, right. you know what, it is what it is. It's not like I'm gonna like what am I gonna do at this point? Right. So make the best of it. Let and go. she actually <laughs> ended up being a lot better in this setting than the clinical setting. That's like good. she just didn't maybe she just didn't do as well with like clinical appointments, but she did better in like the birth and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lakin. Yeah, if you hear Lakin, that's just a little addition to the podcast. Yeah, she just wants to be a part of it. She's like, hey guys. She's telling bedtime stories. <laughs> um so anyways our doula Jenny went home for a while because she'd been there for a long time too. And she was like, I'm gonna go home and shower and nap. Let me know when you're getting closer to like delivering and I'll come. There wasn't really a whole lot she could do for me when I was on my epidural, anyways. Were you so what positions were you doing on your epidural? On my epidural, I did my hands and knees. Um, and then the exaggerated sideline, I did that a lot. Like with the peanut ball? Yep, with the peanut ball. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say those were probably the main two. Yep. Um those were probably the only two I really could do. There was, they did try to get me. My doula was so awesome. She did um, have the nurse and my nurses were awesome too. My labor and delivery nurses. I love them so much. Um, I would have a hospital birth again just for the labor and delivery I know. nurses. I feel like they're really like the <clears throat> stars of the show. They totally are. Like, I don't think I saw my, my OB until like the last 30 minutes. Yeah. It's all nurses. Yeah. They do Literally everything. the nurses are amazing. Yeah. They they were the best. So they did get me into the forward leaning inversion once, but that was like I felt like so strange. Like I didn't like it because I had no control and felt like they were just holding me and yeah. I'm like, Okay, put me back, put me back. Yeah. <laughs> so and even like on my hands and knees, like I did feel like a baby giraffe that was walking for the first time, but I felt at least like I could feel my body then and like right. I had some control. Like, just but... make sure I don't fall off. <laughs> yeah, they were just kinda holding my hips to like stabilize me when I'd start to tip one way or the other. <laughs> um so side note though, this is where I have to talk about like I was holding my pee like this whole time because every time I tried to relax on the toilet, like it just hurt so bad I mm -hmm. could not do it so when they placed the epidural they also had to put a catheter in but before they could put a catheter in I was like I think I peed and I told my nurse that and she was like looked and she's like uh no I think your water just broke and I was like no they broke my water I'm pretty sure and because they had talked about doing that which they actually didn't hadn't done yet but I did totally pee the bed so <laughs> there's a fun fact about 
my birth story. Hey, if you listen to mine, I tell how I pee in, in the tub. Well, that's fine. Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody well, needs everybody to know. Everybody knows now. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, so definitely my whole body was like, ah, oh, I can relax. And Bodily just, functions just I go just, out the window. Yeah, it just, it just happened. But at that point, it's like they've seen everything anyways. Like, I don't really right. care, but I'm sorry that I peed the bed. So your water had not broke at this point, or it had? It had not. Okay. So they did break my water at some point um i will get to that because i have notes here because otherwise i don't remember <laughs> ashley comes prepared i wrote my birth story down like shortly after having lakin because i just knew i wanted to remember it and i would not that's remember it if i didn't do if i didn't write it down right away so yeah. that's what i'm looking at i'm looking at my notes but anyways so by like mid-morning the next day <laughs> i <Another> day. <laughs> <laughs> I began like just shaking again and it was this time it was like not as much in my hips but more so in my back and it was like right in that spot where she had like slipped and hit and mm -hmm. poked me in a nerve or whatever she did with the epidural when that was being placed it was that same spot and I my whole upper body was just shaking mm -hmm. so they put like warm blankets on me and stuff and that it did help but it wasn't because I was cold it was just like a pain thing mm -hmm. and so I had mentioned like Maybe it was like Lakin's position or maybe the epidural needed to be checked. So I asked my nurse and to just look at it and she thought it looked okay, but they called um, another anesthesiologist up just to check it. And so she came with ice packs mm -hmm. and just like put it on me. And I'm like, ah, like I jumped because she put it on obviously the spot where I was not numb. And I'm like, why are you doing that? Like, I'm miserable and you're putting ice on me. And she's like, Oh, you can feel that? And I'm like, yeah. And this anesthesiologist, I'm not going to say her name, yeah. but she was not, she was not the best. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, so she was testing me with ice and she's like, well, it's not the epidural because you can feel and you can't feel below blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay, I'm not arguing with you. I just like, I know that I'm in pain mm -hmm. in my back and I'm shaking and my shoulders are shaking and I like feel sick again, mm -hmm. like to the point of like throwing up. So... She checked my like drug or whatever that I was that was um feeding my epidural and she yeah yeah that bolus yeah I don't know I'm pretty sure that's what let's it just is. pretend we know what that is yeah the bolus <laughs> yeah um anyway she checked that and she's like just decided I'm gonna change this to fentanyl so I don't know what it was before that I was getting but she's like I'm gonna change this and she was gonna do some other stuff and then she walked away and I like looked at my nurse and I'm like uh. I want to kind of like understand like what they're doing and why and be able to ask questions. Like, does it impact my baby? Right, like yep. she just like decided this for me and like left the room and she was so rude about it. So I was like, I don't know like if I want to do that yet. But while she was gone, my midwife came in um, and she checked me again and she just like when she checked me, she looked at me and then like turned and walked away and started writing something down. And usually they always would like tell me like right away mm -hmm. what I'm at. So I was like, um, I asked her what I was and, and she was like, you are stuck around a six and a half and you're 75% of face. And I was like, well, I'm confused because I was fully a face before. Like I'd been mm -hmm. fully a face since my two days before that. Yep. So I was like, what happened? <clears throat> and she said that my cervix was beginning to swell, which was causing me to like regress a little bit in that regard. So she was concerned um, that my contractions weren't strong enough to get me to complete. 
and that if we didn't do something, the swelling could just become too bad and I would end up in a C-section. So she recommended placing a monitor inside the uterine wall to measure like the intensity of the contractions and determine if they were strong enough. And if they weren't construct weren't strong enough, she was gonna start me on Pitocin to just help me strengthen them just a little bit. And also she had me take Benadryl just to reduce the swelling in my cervix because mm-hmm. that was just causing more issues. <clears throat> um, so we did that and that's when they broke my water too, okay. when they went in and did that. I suppose they have to do that to like get in there. Yeah. So that was kind of like going to happen no matter what. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so like, then well, I know this baby's going to be out within however many hours that this is gone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So then the anesthesiologist came back and I was like, okay, this is my chance to like ask her and understand what she's doing because she was just going to go and do it without explaining anything. So I was like, what effect does this have on my baby? And she got so defensive. I don't know if I just asked it the wrong way or what, but she was like, absolutely no effect. She's like, it's a local Mm -hmm. anesthetic. It's not going to, it's not like I'm giving it to you intravenously. Like she was like mad that I would even ask. Mm -hmm. So she was impatient with me and didn't really have like time for my questions. Um, and she just like straight up said to me, you have to do something or you're never going to have this baby and you're going to end up in a C-section. Hmm. And I looked at Zach in disbelief and I like mouthed, what the heck? Like, <laughs> did she just say that to me? Aww. And I replied back to her because she was standing behind me at this point because she was like checking the epidural site or whatever. And I was like, I don't think I'd say that to someone. And she goes, well, I'm just trying to prepare you. And I said, I think I need more positivity now than anything else. And she's yeah. like, oh, I'm all for positivity, but all you, ha- but you also have to be realistic and understand like a C-section is a very real possibility. And I was like, you know, I am prepared for that. I have C-section on my birth plan, so I'm very aware mm-hmm. like it's a possibility. Anything can happen. And so she just proceeded to change my epidural med and left. And whatever she did, did help. But this is when I, like, felt the, like, really dense, like, epidural feel. Mm -hmm. Because at that point, I'm like, I can't move my legs at all. (laughs) I could not move my legs at all. Yeah, it was so bad. Um, But I could still feel pressure, so that was good. Um, My nurse, it was a different nurse at this time because they had changed shifts again. (laughs) But all my labor and delivery nurses, yeah, (laughs) all my labor and delivery nurses were just so, so amazing. And she was like so apologetic for how like the anesthesiologist treated me, which honestly, I think it was a good thing the way that she was kind of like rude to me because it kind of lit a fire in me (laughs) to like keep going and like show her like I can do this. And like, yeah, yeah. And so it kind of like gave me a little bit of boost there. Um, And then they also did go ahead and do the Pitocin and gave me the Benadryl. And that made me feel kind of drowsy. The Benadryl did. So I took a nap and my nurses went to lunch or something, I think. And so it was around 3.45. They came back into the room to check me. And I think I'd slept for like 45 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. And I was complete. Nice. So it was like, I don't know if it was the Pitocin or the water breaking or yeah. my nap or what or a combination of all of it or the little fire they put under me with the <laughs> anesthesiologist. But I went from like a six to complete, like a nice. six and a half to complete in that amount of time. So I was like, wait, say that again. <clears throat> and so looking back, like just a little bit before that, I had 
convinced them to give me a Tylenol because I was like, this backache, like if I would have had this at home, I'd just take up Tylenol. So I was like, <laughs> I asked them for a Tylenol and they looked at me kind of like, what? And I'm like, can I just have a Tylenol? <laughs> so they did let me take a Tylenol. They give you a Tylenol while you have fentanyl going into your yes, body. Yes, <laughs> they did. I didn't know. It's I was so funny because it's like, like the most generic pain relief <laughs> and then you have like basically like drugs yeah like the the, the highest of pain relief in i know you i look back and i'm like what the heck did i beg for that tylenol <laughs> for but anyways i begged for a tylenol and that was like right before my little nap that i took so then when they came back and i was complete zach jokingly was like well ash now we know all you got to do is pop a tylenol <laughs> and everyone laughed so that like kind of made things even better I was like, grab, grab my mascara because I wanted to put <laughs> mascara on <laughs> before I like had to push. So they had, um, we forgot about our doula actually because I was like, oh my God, I'm all of a sudden complete. And like, she's at home taking a nap. <laughs> like, what the heck? So Zach quickly called her and she came back. She came through like the door right as I was pushing because she just barely had got there in time. But... <clears throat> I did one practice push and they could feel like Lakin was right there. So mm -hmm. they were like, called the midwife in right away. And it didn't take <clears throat> much. Um, the I, I think I did one more practice push with the training, the midwife that was on, like in training and mm -hmm. they could see her hair. Mm -hmm. And I remember them saying like, we, we see hair mama. And I was so excited to hear that. I looked at Zach and repeated it and I was like, oh my gosh, she has hair, you know? Yeah. So my doula came through the door, she grabbed a leg and they, I pushed like one more time and they were like, you're really good at pushing. Cause like her head was coming out and I was like, I practiced while I poop. Like, I don't know what it is with me, but when I get in like situations like that, I just try to like use humor to like get me through it. So that was not the first time I said something dumb like that, but they all thought it was really funny. So it made me feel better because I'm like, oh, they're laughing. They like it. <laughs> like, so I'm going to keep being a comedian while I'm. Yeah, <laughs> I just like it's, you know, everybody likes to make people laugh. Yeah, whatever. So I um, one thing I should note, too, is I could feel the pressure to push like I could feel the contractions. Mm -hmm. So I was able to like push with the contractions, which is one thing with getting an epidural that I was really worried about. So that all ended up being good. And I would not change a thing when it comes to that because I had a great like delivery. Yep. Like that went so well. I didn't feel pain, but I felt pressure and I could push with mm -hmm. the contractions. And I only had to push for like 20 minutes and it was done. Like mm -hmm. she was out. Um, <clears throat> she did have a nuchal cord. Mm -hmm. So they told me to stop pushing like in the middle of a push one time. And she kind of had to like, on the next push, she had to, like, somersault her to get the quarter out from around her neck. Um, and then, let's see. Got to check my notes here and <laughs> make sure I didn't miss anything. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so one thing I wanted to do when they had her um, or when I had her was have her then put her on my chest right away and delay cord clamping. Mm -hmm. So with this midwife, this is probably the reason I didn't love her when I had my 20 week appointment with her. I had asked her about delayed cord clamping and like how long they'd let me like keep it. Cause I kind of wanted it to at least be till it's done pulsating. Mm -hmm. But she was like, Oh, that can be like an hour. So she's like two to three minutes is all it needs. And that's like standard practice. And I'm like, mm -hmm. well, if like, if it's okay, I would prefer to like just leave it longer, whatever. And she's like, well, that's fine. But most ladies, 
um, cords aren't long enough to like get the baby up on your chest and like still have it be intact. And I was like, that's not true. Like I had researched <laughs> this and I knew that wasn't true. Well, it turns out my cord actually was pretty short. <laughs> so she ended up being right about that. And I don't remember how long they let, um, let the cord go before they cut it, but they said it was done pulsing. So I, I know like, I don't remember that part. And either. at that point, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm holding my baby!" Like I, I didn't know what time it was, I what know. day it was. Literally, did not know what day it was. Like nothing. I feel like that moment when the baby comes out, it's just like a blackout. Yeah, I just it just blackout. I remember. So Zach explained to me like all the other details. He's like, they were like pushing on your stomach, and it was just like blood shooting out. And I'm like. Yeah, I don't remember any of that. <laughs> so Zach, like I had my baby. Zach happy. got to see that, but I was just holding my little slimy little baby and just loving every second of it. Um, but yeah, so Zach did not want to cut the cord, so they cut the cord and put like it on my chest and whatever. And um, she was sucking on her hand like right away when she came out, and I totally felt her doing that a lot when she when I was pregnant with her. Um, and she also had a big goose egg like black and blue on her forehead and so i think part of my hip pain was she was just like lodged, lodged into in like there. a not great spot yeah um and then especially too when they gave like the pitocin it probably like pushed her up against whatever she was already hitting it and probably, it could have made like she probably was just in a bad pelvic position and that's why you weren't dilating either yeah like you were contracting efficiently but she wasn't like pushing on your cervix yeah which is probably why it took so long right yeah, so it could be that too. And also <clears throat> she came out so fast that mm -hmm. that could have caused a little trauma too. But that all went away really fast and it ended up not being a big deal at all. Um, so that was fine. I did have a second degree tear. So they stitched stitched me up and that's all there was to it. Well, tell me about <laughs> your, your golden hour and what you did. Right yeah, <laughs> so that... Um, I was holding her and I remember like, I thought it was like 15 minutes. She, we did breastfeed right away and she latched really good <clears throat> and obviously was just exhausted from labor and yeah, everything. How long was it <clears throat> from start to finish? Um, well, active labor was 40 hours and then there was the time that I was home right when I wasn't really like, like I was still able to like, yeah, yeah, I was still able to like walk through it in early labor and whatever. Yeah. So 40 hours with like 20 minutes pushing. So it was all fine. <laughs> and then your brain tricks you and you're like, I can do it again. Uh-huh. So they just make you forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so my golden hour was awesome though. I, we breastfed and then I was just holding her for a really long time. And the nurse was like, do you want me to like weigh her and like measure her and stuff now? And I was like, well, I would like to hold her for at least an hour. Like yeah. I want to do an hour. And she's like, it's been two hours. And I was like, what? Like I had no idea that <laughs> two hours had already went by and Zach hadn't even held her yet. <laughs> so Zach's probably like, um, okay, can... I'll just sit here. <laughs> yeah. So he did take her and put her, um, they did weigh her and she was eight pounds, nine ounces. And that was way bigger than I thought. She did not seem that big when I was holding her. So I was like, oh my gosh, you're a little chunker. I know, they're so little. <clears throat> yeah, she was a big girl, but she didn't, like, we both were guessing like seven, nine or seven, six or something mm -hmm. was our guess. And she was tall. She was very long. Yeah, she's a big girl. She's still very tall. Yeah, <laughs> she's big all around, but you know. Yeah. So when she came out, did she cry? 
I don't remember. Yeah. I really don't remember if she was crying. You're just like, it's done. Yeah. I really don't know if she was actually but she came out fine and everything. Nothing. Yeah. Did you have any, like, postpartum, um, like, hemorrhaging or anything like that? Nope. Uh, my postpartum, I think I maybe, like, pushed myself to, like, walk around and stuff too early. Mm -hmm. um, I so I did have, thing. like, yeah, I had a lot of persistent bleeding like if that didn't slow down I think I don't remember if it, how long it was exactly um I think I was like probably like eight or nine weeks before I was mm -hmm. completely done bleeding mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about your feeding plan and your like postpartum did you have any anxiety or anything like that um not really anxiety early on um it, that kind of more so hit when I went back to work. Mm -hmm. um, but with feeding, I definitely wanted to breastfeed. And that came with so many challenges. I mean, I could have never imagined. Like, especially because it started out so good. Like, the mm -hmm. day one, she latched so good. And I'm like, oh, we're going to – this is going to be great. Like, it's going to be fine. And I had <laughs> a pretty good supply. Um, but, yeah, she went through – like a lot of first she couldn't handle like my letdown so she would just scream bloody murder and your girl Sophie came <laughs> over and literally held my boob and helped me like she was my own personal I just like very lactation consultant I kind of forgot about that but yeah yeah came over and just shoved your boob in all mouth. I wanted to do was feed her I mean I tried like pumping a little bit beforehand because I just wanted to get that initial letdown out of her way but it was like it was just too fast for her she kept letting go and like it was she would refuse to eat because she was scared like it was mm -hmm. spraying her and then also we found out months later that she had some a silent reflux she never was a spitty baby but she had had some reflux that was burning yep. her throat so we started her on a meprazole because she kind of went through that same phase like after she figured out the letdown and that was all fine then she started refusing to eat again because as she get i think it was because she got more efficient and she was taking like bigger swallows and gulps and that was just triggering the acid reflux to, mm -hmm. to hurt. So she was refusing to eat. She wasn't ever, she never did like drop in weight because I was pretty persistent on like trying <laughs> to feed her. <laughs> no, and she had some to spare. So that was okay. But it was such a mental hard thing because it was like, I really wanted to breastfeed and I love it. Like we're still breastfeeding now. And what is your plan with your nursing journey? I would like to make it a year. Um, but as like she gets older and stuff, I'm okay with like doing more bottles because right mm -hmm. now we, when I'm home with her, we primarily nurse and then she does um, only bottles when she's at daycare. Mm -hmm. So, or when I'm not able to be here, which is rare because I don't miss bedtime with nobody yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or mornings. Yeah, but next weekend I go to doula training and that'll be the first time <gasps> I've ever been away from Soren oh. ever in his year be a year and a month then but yeah yeah that's um, so hard anything else to note about your postpartum um i don't think so i i feel like we were pretty lucky with mm -hmm. everything i mean she slept pretty good right away <laughs> now if this still counts she's kind of not sleeping that great <laughs> but you know it's kids for the it most part you know you have a baby you expect to not sleep like yeah you expect to have ups and downs and this is my first kid I mean we don't even have a lot of babies in our family so mm -mm. it was very much like I knew going into it like I have a lot to learn and I still like 
that's probably one thing I struggle with all the time and still do is like, I never feel like I'm enough for her because I just don't, I don't feel like, how could I possibly know everything? Like, how do I know, especially now, like we're eating solids. It's like, that's a whole new journey. Like, how do I know what's safe for you to eat? What's good for you to eat? Like nutrition wise, like I worry about all of those things because it's like, this is like, I am her provider, like protector, like that's a lot of responsibility and I don't want to screw it up because I want like the best for her. So that's one thing that's like the hardest, I think just like the guilt that Mm -hmm. you feel Mm -hmm. if you're not like constantly giving them attention or constantly like being the best, like, yeah. And there's so much mm, judgment. Yeah. (laughs) And that's exactly it. You you work and you get shamed for not work or for working. And if you don't work, you get shamed for not working, you know? Yeah. And yeah whatever we could we could make a whole podcast about that yeah we really could <laughs> um is there any resources or anything that you would like to just say at the very end or that you would like to share like any resources online or anything or your doula's name that you'd like to share with the listeners or just any tips or advice for new mothers going through the same thing <laughs> yeah i guess i would say one thing with our like breastfeeding journey is I did go to lactation appointments mm-hmm. often because I that was something that was important to me and they are phenomenal. Like yeah. lactation consultants are great. Use them. Like if yeah. you're struggling and you want to breastfeed and you don't give up just because like you think something's you one wrong. One bad day. Yeah, like <clears throat> they get one, one feeding at a time. Yeah. But yeah, just like go get advice, talk to other people like I talk to you and just other people that have been breastfeeding or if you don't want to and you feel pressure to don't feel that pressure mm-hmm. because it's like you just have to do what's best for you because you don't you need your baby needs a happy mom yep and if if it's just like taking a toll on you mentally to breastfeed it's not worth it mm-hmm. like so you just have to do what's best for you and try to put the judgments aside and you're going to judge yourself like yeah. you're going to feel that guilt and talk to other people like don't keep it all cooped up that's good. Well, anything else? No, that's Speaking all I got. <laughs> okay, well, thank you, Ashley, for joining. Let's see how long this podcast <laughs> ends up being. She has a whole notes of everything and was, I mean, I feel like I barely talked. You, you can just, cut you some parts it, out if you want. You did it all for me. <laughs> you can cut some parts out. All right, we'll see you guys in the next one.